Welcome to Full Court Press, and I'm Liam Griffin. Connor, Colin McHugh just signed with the Red Sox. I believe you know a little bit about him. Yes, as an Astros fan, I've known him at his best and at his worst. I must say, I am somewhat optimistic. He could be a really big pickup for us. Alright, boys and girls, back with me today is former West University Little League All-Star, as he brings up frequently, I must say, Mr. Connor Adsgary. Westview All-Star Connor A in the flesh for you. On today's episode, Draymond and Charles Barkley go at it, Aaron Judge's injury could be serious, and two ancient rivals add to their chapter. We begin today with the incident that occurred at Madison Square Garden this week. Renowned Knicks superfan Spike Lee has announced he will no longer attend Knicks games after he claimed that he was prevented from using the entrance he has used his whole life earlier this week. Knicks owner James Dolan, as per usual, is among those getting criticized. And the good old sell the team chants are in full throttle. Connor, is this more about Spike Lee's actions, or is it more about James Dolan's actions? I think I think it's kind of obvious. It's definitely James Dolan who's you know uh, responsible for this mix-up. I, I watched uh, Spike on uh, uh, on with talking with Stephen A. and Max Kellerman, and basically going on and on about how like you know he's used this same entrance for years and all of a sudden he gets basically asked to leave the state or the the uh, he gets asked to leave Madison Square Garden just because like they hadn't updated him on the current situation and I'm sure there would have been a conflict either either way but especially since they didn't even notify him I I see Spike being the right on, on the right side of this and you know, James Dolan has always been uh, criticized for his, like, I guess you could say his inaction, whether it's in the basketball side or, you know, kicking out kicking out players, former players and fans for basically nothing that it, no other no other team in the league has this problem, and obviously it has to be traced back to James Dolan as the owner. I agree with you completely. I couldn't have said that any better myself. We've seen time and time again James Dolan make idiotic decisions, whether it be kicking that fan out of Madison Square Garden for yelling at him to sell the team last year, trading Chris Tass for Zingas, and then this whole Spike Lee incident. We were talking about this at school recently. What the, so Jason DeGeorge asked me whether or not the Rockets are the joke of a franchise. I said, no way. You know what I said? But. I said that the New York Knicks are the epitome of a joke of a franchise in today's NBA. 50 years ago in the 70s? No, not at all. They were a great franchise way back then. But now, now, they are not in a good place. And I know Van Gundy said two months ago that they preach patience and he believed that's, that they have a plan. But I see no evidence of such a plan right now. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Well... When there's not drama within the organization, let's be real, Charles Barkley has been especially critical of Draymond Green this season when it comes to the Warriors' struggles, and Draymond let him hear about it this week. Barkley has been criticized, uh, has been critical of Green for averaging a triple single, and Draymond says he could be very easy, easily take Barkley's job if he wanted to. Liam, who are you siding with uh, 
with in this case. Okay, so first of all, I want to say I love Chuck as a studio analyst. I think he's great. But I'm siding with Draymond. Because I must say, how many rings does Charles Barkley have on his finger? Yep, zero. And Draymond Green has three. So regardless of all-star appearances, Olympic gold medals, you name it, when you're an NBA player, the ultimate goal is to win a championship. Charles Barkley won zero of those. Draymond Green has three. And he has been not the biggest scorer, but the glue guy to those Golden State Warriors championship teams. We saw, we saw in 2016 how big of an impact his absence was in Game 5, and the Warriors went on to lose that series, in part because, and I believe because of that loss. Had Draymond played Game 5 2016, I firmly believe the Golden State Warriors would have won the championship that year, but here we are. So I am siding with Draymond in that he had the more successful career in terms of championships than Barkley, and I'm kidding, that's why. And Draymond's game is so eloquent, whereas Barkley's was very prototypical of the big man of his era. I think I think the question here, though, is would Draymond Green be better as a studio analyst than uh, Charles Barkley? Oh, no way. No way. No way. I would have to say further no, because Barkley, the thing about, you know, an analyst is that Barkley has this relationship with all these other guys he's working with constantly. He's always, you know, bickering, and he, this is part of his job. He's He basically is Draymond Green just before Draymond Green was Draymond Green. We, we knew Charles Barkley and his antics before Draymond Green came onto the scene because, you know, Charles Barkley played 15, 20 years before, uh, before or previously, and so... I think I think Draymond is just trying to come back because he's actually not had a very productive season. And to your point, he is the glue. He was the glue of the Warriors when they were winning those uh, championships. But you know, without the key pieces, the glue is pointless. So I, I, I feel like Draymond has had the more successful career in the championship in championship wise. But in my opinion, Charles Barkley was the better player of the two. Oh, yeah, absolutely, but so, the championship's so, yeah. the reason why Barkley can't bark. Yes, yeah, they, they can They can both go at it as, as long as they want to, but Draymond, he's in his prime still, so he needs to be on the court, and Charles Barkley can uh, yell at him all he wants from the, from the TV cameras. And to your point, with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson both being back next year, and with the addition that is Andrew Wiggins, and they're going to get a high draft pick, so they're going to be scary again next year, but nonetheless, Draymond making another mess on social media. Who's surprised? In a spring training game against the Los Angeles Dodgers this week, Trevor Bauer decided to take his already high troll game to a whole new level. Bauer was intentionally tipping pitches to the Dodgers in mockery of the Astros' sign-stealing scandal, though the Astros have been hit by quite a few pitches this spring. Connor, what do you make of Bauer's actions? Big deal, little deal, or no deal? I, th- I think it's a big deal that Trevor Bauer has taken it to another step. Now, I will, I'm just going to say it was a little deal because Trevor Bauer, you know, has generally mocked the Astros before this even. You know, the Astros have always kind of got, gotten under his nerve a bit because he's he's lights out for, for like eight innings against us. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, I can think of multiple times that we've just 
somehow had one inning together and just kind of got on him and basically lit him up and he ended up losing the game just because, you know, uh, he, he, you know, I guess fell apart. And uh, so he's, he's never been shy about mocking the Astros, especially post-game. But, you know, I, I, I think at a point, baseball needs to move on. But at the same time, something that I, I haven't talked about on this show, but I kind of want to, is, you know, the Astros sign stealing. Of course, we weren't the only ones to steal signs, but we were the ones who, caught, who were caught. But this is going to help Major League Baseball because suddenly there's an evil team out there, which is the Astros. And for the longest time, it was the evil Yankees. But now we have, basically, we've solidified ourselves as the evil team that everyone should hate. And this is going to help the MLB's ratings as everyone wants to see us lose. And hopefully we can put on a good show this year and make it into the playoffs. And I, I feel like if we have a good season this year, the MLB ratings are going to be up. Everything's going to be going up because we're that team everyone wants to see lose. And if we are keep going like we have in the past couple of years, we'll, we'll be right up there with the best teams. It's no deal at all because A, it's spring training, and B, like you said, it's Trevor Bauer. When is the last time that MLB players have truly taken a spring training game seriously? It's preseason. I know you're building it up, but it's inessential. It's it's essentially the NBA All-Star game. You got players don't care about this as much as they care about the real big games in the regular season. So for that reason, it's not a big deal. And to your point, Trevor Bauer has been mocking the Astros for years, and this is just a whole new level. And to your point about being MLB's most hated team, it's always going to be the Yankees, but can you imagine a Yankees-Astros ALCS? That would, that would be something. I, would, I, I, I have my suspicions that that might be the case if, um, if the Yankees don't uh, have any more of their players hurt. But Will it happen? No. We'll talk about that. Will it happen? No, but it would be something else. That would be. Uh, well, it's not the first time Bauer has called attention called attention to himself. Huh. Kristen Yelich made Milwaukee his place to stay, signing a $90 or $215 million extension with the Brewers. Yelich has joined a group of of young stars uh, with a long, long-term contract such as... Uh, <laughs> but the monetary value is quite a bit smaller uh, in Milwaukee than other places. So, Liam, does this big deal surprise you? No, uh, yes and no. I am not surprised in any way, shape, or form that Christian Yelich is staying in Milwaukee. He he seems to really love playing there. He seems to love the fans there. And he said it in his press conference the other day, Milwaukee is where I wanted to stay. So, yeah, here we are. And, that's slowly becoming a really nice, good sports town with Yelich and the Brewers, Antetokounmpo and the Bucks, and then the Green Bay Packers not far away. It's Milwaukee, great sports town. But the monetary value does surprise me because Mike Trout got $430 million, Bryce Harper got $330 million, and Garrett Cole got three twenty four. Mookie Betts could go north of four hundred next winter. So I am surprised that he didn't get as much money because I personally think Yelich is better than Harper and Machado, who both got more than he did. But that being said, good for him. It is not easy to get a contract like that, so 
I'm not again. I'm not yeah. surprised with, that he's staying in Milwaukee, but the monetary value is a little bit shocking. Yeah, I have, I have two things on this. Um, as baseball, uh, I, I I feel like baseball contracts have kind of gone a little too far in the amount of money that teams are willing to pay players each year. Um, and I, I feel like this is going to be more of the reality when it comes to the next 10 years of, of MLB contracts. Uh, you know, we have these stars who are making like insane amount amounts of money, but at the same time, it's not baseball is not growing at the same rate it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, so I, I feel like Kristen Yelich is still young enough where he probably could have gotten more, but instead he decided to choose that type of money so that way he could be around a winning team for years, which is you know something we saw Bregman do, but Bregman did it even in more moderation. And of course, I would say Kristen Yelich is better than Bregman insofar as his value and um, his ability in the in the field, especially since he's a you know a pretty lights out outfielder. Um, I, I don't know. I I I think this is actually probably good for Kristen Yelich, and it's great for the Milwaukee Brewers who are now able to have more money to sign other players. So. Oh, I lost where I was in the script. Milwaukee is going to be scary again next year. Watch out. Yesterday it was announced that off-injury Yankees slugger Aaron Judge has a broken rib. It is not clear whether or not he will need surgery. Thus, there is no timetable for a return. Connor, how concerned should the evil empire be? Uh, I, I think they shouldn't be concerned at all. I mean, they already have uh, a couple injuries. They have, which, do, you, do you remember which pitcher they have that is going is going to miss this year? Uh, Severino. Severino, that's right. So, even with him gone, I, I still have them as the favorites to, to, to win the AL. And, you know, Judge, Judge gone, he could be gone for most of the year, and I think they'd still have a solid team to, to play, place first in the AL East. So, I, I don't see it as a problem for them. I disagree. I do, because I when Aaron Judge is on... I don't think anyone can beat the Yankees, but if Aaron Judge is not on, they're going to be in really big trouble. That's just the truth of the matter. When Aaron Judge, we saw how good they were in 2017 when they didn't really have much else, but Aaron Judge was just hitting bomb after bomb after bomb, carrying the load for that team. But, but, in 2018, 2019, when he goes down, they still got a good team. But they're not that unbeatable super hot power that people think they can be. So if Aaron Judge is healthy, I don't think there's anyone can, anyone is going to beat the Yankees. If the Yankees are fully healthy, no one is going to beat them. But they're not, so they kind of need Judge to be healthy. Yeah. Okay, time to play the most game, where a word will be placed after the word most, and we will debate categories and sports that apply to the phrase. Today's phrase is most appealing. We'll start with this. Most appealing free agent destination other than New England for Tom Brady? Well, I, I want to kind of take the obvious one, which is San Francisco. And now, of course, you know, there's been other teams that would be interesting storylines for Tom Brady. But, I mean, San Francisco, they just have come off the best years since Colin Kaepernick took them to the Super Bowl. Uh, 
I think it would be interesting. Of course, Tom Brady is a, a more of a California guy himself, and uh, he I'm sure he would love being there, and it would probably be really good for, for football as this West Coast team has now stolen New England's you know captain and and arguably the greatest QB of all time. And, of course, this is probably hard for you to hear, but that would probably be a really great storyline. And um, I don't know. That, that's where I want to go. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Did you say San Francisco? You think he's going to back up Garoppolo? No. Garoppolo might, might get traded back to the Patriots. No way. No way. That's ridiculous. I've, I've been hearing, I've been hearing, uh, I was watching the NFL Network and, they're talking about how, you know, it sounds kind of insane, but I, I think that would be the most appealing place for Tom Brady. I think that sounds ridiculous. You want to talk about him going to California? Oh, I know a team in California that needs a quarterback. That's the L.A. Chargers. Would I want to see him there? No, because I don't want Brady and Rivers to swap places. I would never want Phillip Rivers in a Patriots uniform. Never. That being said, you mentioned Cal- he's a California boy. The Chargers need a quarterback, boom. That's the most appealing destination for him. Don't give me that okay. nonsense of the Niners trading Garoppolo. Just no. No way. Okay. Well, I, 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 it was the most appealing play. That's what, that's what I went with. But, but yeah, LA is... Yeah, but that, that, that's not a potential destination for him because they don't need a quarterback. But it's the most appealing. Okay. We'll move on. Uh... Next, most appealing NBA rookie. No, it's not Zion Williamson. No, it's not John Morant. It's Tyler Hero of the Miami Heat. His Instagram posts are fire. He shoots fiery from range. He's clutch. He's a huge part of the Miami Heat team. We're going to pull up his stats right now. Will uh, I want to say this. Will he win rookie of the year? Absolutely not. But that being said, Tyler Hero is a bad, bad man. 13 points a game off the bench, nonetheless. It's not like Kendrick Nunn, the rookie that's starting. He's a bad man. Watch out for him in a few years. Okay, I have, a, I have an interesting take. Uh, Kobe White on the, on the Bulls. Oh my god, He's no. Had- you... When we watched the Final Four together a few years ago, you used to obsess over him. Don't turn into that again. He he might be one of the most underrated, not talked about rookies this year for what he's been able to do with the Bulls, kind of, of channeling course. his inner inner rose and uh, actually being a really good player for them. I mean, I think this year it's been dominated, of course, by Zion Williamson and. I don't see that to be changing anytime soon in the NBA landscape, but you know these rookies that aren't being talked about, they still deserve the you know the hype around uh, around their successes so far, and so I, I kind of wanted to highlight him as as my guy to to talk about. But you know, Connor, you've been uh, obsessing over Kobe White since we'll he see. since he was at UNC. I know, I know, he's he's a uh, He's a he's a star in in waiting. We'll just see if he's able to stay healthy and uh, and get a little stronger, and uh, and then we'll see what happens. Perhaps next most appealing college basketball game this weekend. 
if I'm allowed to count the game going on right now, it'd be the UT game uh, oh, against Oklahoma State as I am uh, going to UT next year. I'm oh, congratulations. I didn't know. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm excited and I'm looking at that because UT is either in or out, uh, depending on if they win this game and they have one more game after this and they have to basically win both to get in. But uh, now my actual answer probably for a majority of Americans would probably be the Maryland-Michigan game tomorrow. Uh, Maryland has been really shaky for a number nine team. Uh, they they basically lost their past two, uh, and they've been winning games in their conference, but only by like one point, like one point against Indiana. And uh, they've just been really shaky overall. And I, I just want to see them either be able to pull it out or or Michigan kind of slide back into a top twenty basketball team if they are able to upset them. So that's my game of the week or the weekend. Well, I want to make this clear first. There are a lot. There are a lot. I'm having a hard time deciding which one's number two, but the one I'm going to go with is being played at, I want to say 5.30. I have scores up right now. 4.30, excuse me. It's being played at 4.30 in Vegas. It is the Mountain West Championship Final between Utah State and San Diego State. Why? Because if San Diego State loses this game, it really hurts their prospects of being a number one seed. They're going to get in regardless. They're a number five team in the country. Utah State might even get in that large bid at 25-8. and eight. But that being said, this is crucial for the Aztecs tonight. If they don't win, they're in trouble. And Dayton could very easily steal the number one seed from them. In fact, I'm going to look to see if Utah State is a potential tournament team right now on Joe Lenardi. Great, great man, Joe Lenardi. Utah. First, yeah, Utah State is among Joe Lenardi's first four outs. So... This is a huge game for both teams, particularly Utah State. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, last one. Most appealing draft choice at number two for the Washington Redskins, since we all know who's going to be number one will be. Joe Burrow, of course. And when I look at other appealing options, I look no further than Chase Young, the defensive end from Ohio State. He's a beast, man. And we saw what Nick Bosa did as a rookie defensive end out of Ohio State this past year. Who's to say Chase Young cannot replicate that? Who's to say it? The Washington Redskins would be foolish to pass him up. They should, without a doubt, take him. And, yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, but I'm just kind of worried for them if they do end up taking that route and kind of maybe follow a, a the Browns method of, you know, getting that, that really high choice uh, with the Browns getting Miles Garrett. Of course, like, it's a big, it's a big name. It's going to be good for, for the organization. But at the same time, they, uh, uh, they still don't know if he's going to be able to produce uh, great numbers for them, especially since they are kind of still a, a mid to bottom tier team. And uh, they don't really have a big market around them, so I'm kind of confused what they would end up doing because th- this pick is going to be a bit very important to their future success. But at the same time, they uh, they really need to capitalize it, or else 
you know, they'll be staying where they are for the next five, ten years if um, if they can't get their front office together. So. And Connor, right now, Oklahoma State 20, Texas 5. But let's move on yep. to the history lesson, boys and girls, where we will honor great achievements of the past in the coming week. Four years ago today, March 7th, Peyton Manning called it an NFL career. Manning's prestigious career saw him reach four Super Bowls, two in Denver and two in Indianapolis, with one win in each city. 25 years ago, Monday, March 9th, Major League Baseball awarded a franchise to Tampa Bay, Florida. The Devil Rays, now the Rays, have been well known over the years for having one of the league's lowest payrolls, yet finding still finding ways to win. 34 years ago, Wednesday, March 11th, the NFL adopted instant replay. As you all know, instant replay is now bigger than ever in today's game, and it continues to expand as technology continues to expand. 35 years ago, Thursday, March 12th, Larry Bird scored a Celtic record of 60 points in a single game. It was one of the many games where Bird just went off and dominated the lead to the Celtics' victory. Okay, the show's almost over, so it's time for Who You Got. We'll start with this. At 5 o'clock tonight, UNC and Duke renew their rivalry in Durham. Connor, Duke won a thriller in their first meeting. Same result tonight. Yes, Duke, Duke wins. I agree with you, but it won't be a thriller. Duke's going to blow them out. Next up. Well, that was quick. Next up, the Bay... Banged up 76ers visit the Golden State Warriors with Steph Curry back in the lineup. Leon, who do you have winning this? So, recent development, actually. Curry will not be playing tonight due to illness, so that actually changes my answer. I originally thought the Warriors were going to win, but now we've got the 76ers. I must say, this is not going to be an appealing ABC primetime Saturday night game, unfortunately, as Embiid, Simmons, and Richardson are hurt for Philly, and Curry isn't playing for the Warriors. I think Philly yeah. will win. I don't plan on watching this game, but Philly's going to win. Yeah, I, I wasn't planning on watching it in the first place just because I feel like even if Steph Curry played, he'd only be he'd only be in the lineup for or be on the floor for about 15 minutes at most. And with the 76ers uh, basically not playing most of their stars and uh, Golden State basically only showing Steph Curry with star power, um, now Steph's gone, I think the 76ers will win, but at the same time, I agree with you, it's not going to be an interesting game to watch. Last one. At 2.30 on Sunday, the Battle of L.A. resumes as the Lakers and Clippers will meet for the third time this season. Connor, the Clippers have won the first two. Will they claim a season series win tomorrow? I, I think they do. It's it's kind of it's kind of funny how the Lakers, you know, they're a very impressive team, and uh, they get the most hype around them when you know whenever they play. Uh, and the Clippers, you know, still not getting much coverage yet, are you know arguably the better team in some ways than the Lakers. And of course, the Lakers have more stars, but. I mean, the Clippers have the, the lineup to actually match them very well, and I, I see a, another Clippers victory as the Lakers seem to not be able to handle, um, you know, Kawhi and, and the others, and PG, and 
everyone else who's on the floor, so I, I see Clippers winning it. I personally believe the Clippers are the better team. That's just the truth of the matter, and they're going to prove it again tomorrow night. Kawhi and Paul George, Patrick Beverly, that's as good as a defensive trio as you're ever going to find in the National Basketball Association. They're going to be able to contain LeBron and AD tomorrow, and they're going to beat the Lakers again. They just are. Yeah. That's all we have for you today, folks. I'm Connor Asbury. I'm Liam Griffin. I'd like to thank Connor for being my guest today, and thank you for tuning in. Be sure to give this podcast a follow on Instagram at Full Corpus Podcast. And if you are interested in being a guest, please DM the podcast or contact me. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you next week.